would you welcome and honor, please, our pastor elder, Susan Folkler. Guys, I, you know, I, I'll pay you later. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. I so appreciate being at a church family like y- with y'all that um, we get to celebrate each other. Oh, I'll do this. Okay. Previews of things to come. So um, we are. We're going to talk. Kind of, I think what's really the flip side of judgment is forgiveness. They go, they go like this. They're just, you know, we, we have, we start judging people because they've done something to hurt us. And then we have a hard time forgiving. So they just go together. Just, um, so we're going to talk, so they're just, um, we'll talk about that a little bit more. And I know last week Brent really went after how holding judgment, harboring unforgiveness, interferes with our ability to step into our destiny. How many know? Because if we're doing, if we're holding on to that stuff, God doesn't get to go in those places in our heart. And He wants to inhabit the whole of who we all are. He is jealous for, 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 for all of you. Right? And, um, so tonight I want to talk, take a, a little bit different direction. Um, going a little more after why is it so hard? Why is it so stinking hard sometimes to do this? And what can we do to actually maybe make it go faster and easier to get our breakthroughs? Because there are some things we can do very intentionally to help our hearts open up and soften. And sometimes we just, we don't even know what's making us stuck. If we knew, we'd probably just go there, but, but we think we just keep trying to do the same thing again and again. And, um, so we're going to talk about that. And I've, I want to thank all the, you know, I've learned a lot, not only looking at my own heart, but just it's been such a privilege to work with so many people on their healing process with them. And um, it's, it's just amazing to me what God will do. This the different, unique, amazing ways he will come and be with us and process with us in our hearts because he loves us so much. And he understands why you're stuck. He does not judge you that you're stuck or that there's a place in your heart that you just haven't gotten, been able to get past. He just wants to help you. So before we get started, um, actually, I want to go back to one of the songs that D- Domley sang today, one of my all-time favorites, and it's a real oldie, but um, there is none like you. I don't know how many times I have listened to the that old, 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 old song. It's one of my favorite soaking songs. There is none like you. So I'm going to pray that message over every single, over all of us today, Jesus. And I pray that revelation today, Jesus, that there is none like you. No one else can touch our heart like you do, God. No one else knows how to care for our hearts like you do, Jesus. I ask that you help us tonight recognize the tenderness and the goodness the patience, the kindness with which you minister to our hearts, not like anyone else. God, we can try lots of different things. We can look lots of different places. We can try and fix it all ourselves. But Lord, there's none like you. 
There is no heart like you. Like your heart, and we need your heart. And I pray tonight there would be a revelation of how really safe it is to come to you, open up our hearts raw before you, and let you have your way. Because you are all good, God. You are all good. You are all loving. You have plans and intentions for us we can't even begin to imagine, God. And we can't get there if we try and do it in our own strength and understanding. We need you so much. Oh, so thank you, Jesus. Would you do that for all of us and, and me too tonight? <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, so forgiveness. I can't tell you how many times um, I've had somebody come in and, uh, to minister to them and somewhere during the process they're like, well, I already forgave that person. I already forgave that issue. Um And yes, it's a decision we make, and sometimes we make it and it's done, but so very often it's it's a process. It's a process of letting go of things and not just a, it's done. I just forgave them, and because it's so unpleasant to look at the pain of that, I want to just make it go away, pretend it's not a problem to me. And I want to encourage you that... um, if you're having any problems, really feeling stuck in this arena, I, I have a resource I'm going to highly recommend to you. don't always recommend books, but this book is amazing. Um, it's actually by Desmond Tutu. It's called The Book of Forgiveness. And if forgiveness is something you've not been able to get a hold of, this is an amazing book because it's actually got exercises and stories and testimonies that you're like, dang, my life, my life, is nothing. The struggles of my nothing compared with what they had to deal with with apartheid in South Africa. I mean, they went through some stuff, and he shares a lot of things. So, just put that out there. And this quote is from his book: "Until we can forgive, we remain locked in our pain and locked out of the possibility of experiencing healing and freedom. Locked out of the possibility of being at peace." Without forgiveness, we remain tethered to the person who harmed us. We are bound with chains of bitterness, tied together, and trapped. We think we can just shut it down and lock it up somewhere, but we work so hard to avoid that thing that that actually, that issue has an ongoing impact on our lives. We know that the cross is enough. Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to get the truth of Jesus did it all while he was dying from the left side logic into our feeling emotional pain part? What? Why is that so thinking hard, huh? Well, this is another quote from, from that book. It might seem easier to simply dismiss a hurt, stuff it down, push it away, and pretend it didn't matter, didn't happen, or rationalize it, telling ourselves we really shouldn't feel the way we do. But a harm felt but denied will always find a way to express itself. Buried pain festers. Jesus wants your pain. See, we get stuck sometimes because... We don't have any examples of that from life. The people in our lives didn't all, weren't always able to come next, come alongside and be with us 
when we were hurting, when we were angry, when we were having some sort of not perfectly socially acceptable pain, going through some sort of struggle, we were kind of told or given verbal or nonverbal messages, just stuff it and make it go away and act good. And so we do that. We're good little boys and girls, aren't we? We learn to do that at pretty young ages. And if we're not very good, good at doing that, we start acting out, and then it just gets that much worse. Interesting fact that um, neuroscientists have discovered the same part of our pain that stores physical pain is also the same part of the brain that stores psychological pain. It hurts. It really hurts, which is part of the reason why people get addicted to pain medicines, because it's not really the physical pain as much as the emotional pain that they often get are starting to medicate. The wound occurs at such a young area of our life that it's below the area of reasoning and thinking. So you wonder, why do I keep going there? Why does, I, oh, why does that person keep triggering me? Why can't I get past that? My, I, just, I want to get past this. Well, because it's at a deeper place. These things virtually always go back to something at a young age. That's why we keep going back there. That's why that same situation puts you back in that place again. But the good news, of course, God was there then. He is there now. And he will help you find a way to open that up. Get in there, clean out the hurt and the pain. And he's the one who can do it. And it is hard. And I just want to um, suggest Jesus understands it's hard. When Peter came to him and said, how many times do I need to forgive my brother? I just want to, you know, make a rule here that if I have, okay, forgive him three times, I'm good. Oh, seven, seven. We'll, we'll forgive my brother seven times if he hurts me. And Jesus' response was, no, that would be, well, I think it's 70 times seven. In some places it's 77. The point being, I think, he's like, Ain't that easy. It just isn't. You need to walk in forgiveness. And I don't think this was literally this many times, of course. It was simply, this is part of the kingdom of heaven on earth, is you walk in forgiveness. And, of course, it wasn't until after Jesus died that they realized, and I'm going to show you how tough it is, because it's going to take me going to the cross to break the power of unforgiveness over your life. That's why it has to be done this way, because I'm the only one who can make the way for you by being that perfect sacrifice. And I'm going to make it possible for you to walk in perfect forgiveness, and I'm the only one who can do that. And you get to do it as you follow after me. So let's look at some of the more specifics of what is it that makes it so tough. And I'm going to tell a few stories tonight, and I'm really excited. I have a couple friends who are going to come up and share some stories too, because I love stories. I love testimonies. To me, that's just, I learn so much. I'm so blessed by having other people invite me into their lives and tell me how their walk has gone and what you know, their highs and their lows and how they've brought Jesus in and how they've processed stuff. I just love that. So one of the, I think, big things that can really make it hard for us to forgive is we're just waiting for that other person to change. 
Yeah. Come on, Jesus, it's not fair. It's not fair. They need to do something. They need to come to me and ask forgiveness. I know that kept me stuck with Russ for a long time. I'm waiting for him. He's supposed to come to me first. Um, he didn't. I did. I had to start. God got on me about that one. But, um, but, I, but actually, I did that in my family of origin as well, because I was raised in one of those kind of families that was not very good at communicating, not very good at taking care of each other's hearts. In fact, there was no taking care of your heart. If you're ever hurting, you learned really quick, very quick in life that just take care of yourself. There is nobody to go to if you're hurting. You just, I don't know, you figure it out. You just, there was no one safe to go to. There was no one safe to talk to even. I, I think one of the things that kept me stuck, honestly, is could I have a normal conversation with someone in my family. Like, I say something, they hear me. They say something, I hear them. Could I have that, Jesus? Really? Could I just have that? And no, I have never really had that. We just don't do that in my family. There's monologues. So, I've, and I realized, I kind of had to realize, you know, for so long I was stuck because I was going, they're doing it on purpose. That was the judgment I was holding. They are hurting me like that on purpose, and I finally had to get to the realization, no, they aren't doing that to you on purpose. They are so hurt. They are so stuck in their pain. They don't. Remember when Leif Hetland was here and he talked to us about the black hole we have inside of us? All of us, a black hole that is seeking identity, seeking purpose, seeking worth. And if that is not filled with God, it's going to seek to suck it out from somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, and that's why it's so hard for some people to listen and take an interest in someone else's life is because they're so starving here that they're only feeling and aware of that hurt here. So I finally had to realize, oh my gosh, they really aren't doing that on purpose to me. Poor babies, you know, poor things, they're stuck. So, and I, it's, dang, it's taken me decades, you guys, and I don't think I'm done with that process yet. Just, just saying. But every revelation you start getting like that starts getting you farther along and gets the relationship cleaner and cleaner and more whole. So, thank you, Jesus. And you know, something I'm very grateful for, God, in His great mercy, I married into a family where I can truly say Russ's sisters are, are my sisters. And my good friends. And we have great communication. So that's the mercy of God for you, isn't it? He does stuff like that. The things that have been missing in our lives, he kind of makes up for it along the way. If We have eyes to see. So He's so good. He's so good. In fact, Russ's dad was the greatest dad ever. Anybody, I don't know, the greatest dad anybody would have ever wanted. And I got to taste that for a while. That was just a beautiful thing. God is so good. So good. Um, the second issue that I think can really keep us stuck is really not being able or being willing to recognize what the true root problem is. Very often, that can be something like anger, because I'm not angry. No, I'm not. What are you talking about? I am not angry. Or um, just having bitterness or resentment in our life that we don't want to look at, we don't want to acknowledge. Well, let me tell you this. God is like, I will not judge you or, com- or com- condemn you. 
at all. I will not think anything less of you if you just open up and honestly lay that before me. It's like, I am so hungry to walk in that space with you. You just don't even know. But sometimes, um, yeah, because we get messages from people that it's not okay to feel those feelings. It's not okay to admit that's what's really going on inside. But I tell you, this is the breakthrough place to start letting him go and go and find the root. Because often if you're not, if the thing you think it is isn't getting your breakthrough, then there's a different place. There's a different place to go. And sometimes it can really catch you by surprise what the real root is. And one of the big ones, I think, is this last one, feeling false responsibility for the problem. That is huge. How many of you, growing up as children, there was stuff going on with mom, dad, and it's what children just simply always do. They feel some hurt. They feel some disconnect. Mom and dad end up getting divorced. What does a child do? Must be my fault. This is the root of codependency. This is why we're carrying, we feel like we're carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders all the time, and we don't know why. Why? You picked it, you started doing that pattern at a very young age. You tried to become an adult when you were a little kid because your parents weren't fixing things very well. They weren't taking care of stuff very well. And so your heart so wanted everything to be good and work out, want mommy and daddy to love each other and stop fighting. Your heart just wanted that, so your heart just reached out and just wanted to try and make it all work. And you, we tend to pick up that burden, that heavy yoke, by, by those feelings that we have when we're very young like that. I can remember there was a time when Russ and, Russ and I, are, I've shared this a little bit before, but uh, for, those, for the first half or so of our marriage was not pretty. Um, yeah, We did not have brave communication. We had scary communication. <laughs> We were scared of each other, basically. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't pretty. But we got, the Holy Spirit started moving on us, and I'm, I started realizing this has got to stop, all this fighting and yelling. Ugh, this has got to stop. And once I got over the fact that, okay, I'm, I won't make him be the first one to change, I realized I had to start forgiving him for all the times he hurt my heart. And of course, I was oblivious at the time of how many times I contributed to why he acted the way it is. I, but um, anyway, I, he had a problem with anger. I had a problem with with withdrawing, basically. Like I'll, I'll pull back and pull, go into my little shell when you act angry and punish you that way. So that was our our lovely little little uh, dysfunctional behavior. But uh, more and more, Holy Spirit started working on me. Started giving me dreams that were very clearly understood that this has got to stop. You guys got to stop this behavior because it's hurting you and it's hurting your kids. So I, so I, okay, I'll forgive him. So I started the process of forgiving him, and it was a process. It took a while. I, he start, and God started giving me revelation about he's acting this way not because of you, Susan, but, but the way he was raised. There was some, oh, okay, that starts making more sense. So I was able to start seeing things a little more um, rationally and objectively. And then one day as I was doing this, we had this weird interaction, like it was bizarre. And and the Lord just started replaying every time we'd had a fight or something. He started replaying in my head and saying each over each time he said, that wasn't your fault. That wasn't your fault. That wasn't your fault. And I went, 
Oh, all those times I was carrying that weight of responsibility that it was the way I said things, the way I did things that made him act the way he was. And he's, he's doing that for a whole separate reason. So as I did that, I'm like stronger and stronger and stronger. And within a very few short days, that pattern completely broke between us. Completely overnight change. Oh my gosh. I don't know how many demons must have left <laughs> that night, but the next morning I went, whoa, things feel so much better this morning. And we, were, we didn't know anything about anything back then. We just knew you need to forgive. Forgives are really good. Forgivings are a really good thing to do. You've got to do this thing. So I want to bring up a couple friends right now. And um, I guess we'll pull this over. Mark and Elizabeth Joy. They're going, they've both been on quite a healing journey, like an amazing healing journey. And um, each in their own way. You can stand or sit, whichever is comfortable for you. And I actually have a mic here for you. Um, and I think for both of them, it had to do with forgiveness. I think self-forgiveness, but also um, about just letting the Lord soften their heart and learning self-compassion. Elizabeth Joy, would you would you like to start? And um, I know for you, there was a lot of um, learning how to forgive that really, you know, made a real shift change in your life. So could you share us with a little bit about that with us? Um. Well, of course, I've had to forgive. Um, okay, let me tr- go back a little bit. My husband passed away in 2004, and um, it was due to a, a drug relapse, and he ended up um, um, overdosing. But um, and we had a lot of things between us, a lot of history between us. So, of course, I've had to forgive him. But what really was um, ended up being harder was forgiving myself after um, he was gone and um, watching the my children um, suffer and um, I mean he wasn't there to take his responsibility but I also knew I was equally responsible for my you know my choices and the choices I made after that and continue to make the bad choices I continue to make and um, it just it almost killed me, I guess, not being able to forgive myself. Um, I kind of gave up on life, and I started coming back to Blazing Fire um, about five years ago. And it took a long time. I didn't realize um, how much self-hatred I had and unforgiveness towards um, myself that went real, very deep and it caused... Um, it, well, when my mother passed away this summer, um, it kind of brought that all up. I never really grieved. I don't think any of us ever did. My children or I ever grieved, really. We just survived. And um, so when my mother passed away and I was grieving, it kind of opened this thing up. And um, Which, again, I felt like it almost... I didn't, my, I didn't want to live anymore. 
everything that it just kind of all came crashing down, which which it needed to happen. It needed to happen, but um, I was finally able to quit judging myself and forgive myself, which in turn helped me forgive him more. Because even though you know I wasn't, he's not around to be mad at, but deep down I would be. You know there was anger there because I was seeing his children suffer, um, particularly my youngest son, who kind of purposely followed in his father's footsteps and even said, I want to, I want to know what meth is like. If, it, if he chose meth over me, I want to see what it's like. And that ended him up in prison right now, which he's 22, and he's there for three years. But, um, but <laughs> so now I'm on a journey of walking out of that, and I've chosen you know, to walk out of shame and and self-hatred so that well, so I, I can be whole. <laughs> and so my children can be whole. <laughs> well, can I, um, I don't even know if you can ask this question but, or answer this question. Um, any, were there any things along the line that made it easier for you to do this? Like, like you know, you'd feel stuck and were there things... I don't know, decisions you made or ways you approached it that seemed to help you keep going? Um, constantly re- renewing my mind, I think, really. I mean, a lot of it was lies, my, I mean, deception and um, darkness. So, con- and I continued, continued to come. I mean, I... It was kind of choppy for a while coming, and then um, here, but um, to be filled. And um, luckily, I've had a lot of time on my hands lately. I'm working very part time. The Holy Spirit, He's done that before with me because I'm very hyper, so He's kind of, you know, get me to focus. But um, just reading His Word, constantly listening to um, His Word or messages, and, and reading, and just kind of unbrainwashing myself. So could you see whether the patterns went to childhood or did it seem to more... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. why why some certain things were so deep and so hard yeah. to process, sure. Awesome. Yeah, and that was just the end of it. or the, yeah. yeah, but yeah. Awesome, thank you so much for sharing. Because I know you're not, you're not the only one for sure. Thank you. And Mark, I know Mark's um, shared a bit about learning how to be compassionate towards yourself. And um, I know you've had quite a journey too, but just learning that, do you want to speak to that some? Yeah, um, it's good to be here. And um, I'm, I'm thankful for this family. I'm thankful for all of you. And um, I'm thankful for the brave ones that are willing to let go of what feels comfortable. Entering that realm of what it means to let go and trust in a God, you know, and get caught up in a new gravitational pull and you don't know where you're going yet. <laughs> but you're it's good. going with us. <laughs> but the good news is that He's got a hold of us. 
and that gives me courage, and you all give me courage, and you don't know how all valuable you are to him, and we're learning that together. The smallest one, he took the littlest one. He took the little shepherd in the field to shift the nation. (laughs) Don't think you're small. Don't think you're insignificant. Don't think you don't matter. In the Native American culture, they honored everyone. Everyone is important because they didn't know who a creator would call upon, who was needed at that moment, at that time, to bring the right word for the right season. Yeah, it's been a journey. It has been a journey. It is a journey, and it's a little bit difficult to accept that journey sometimes. I did a little project in my garage. I was just going to put up a little wall and a, you know, fix a little area so I could have a little office out there, put a couple of lights in. No big deal. You know, I think, oh, you know, maybe a few hours. <laughs> well, the first thing I discovered, I had to re- rewire some old wires. That was the first thing. That, that took some time. I had to figure out. I had to disconnect and reconnect and, you know, and... Uh, well, then we have to bring in some new circuit breakers, and then we had to bring in some new wires, some new plugs, and pretty soon it's a, it's a week-long project for three guys. <laughs> and uh, it made me realize, oh, that's what goes on in the inside, too. It Sometimes these things take time, and it's hard to accept that it takes that time. Sometimes it's hard to accept that you need help. But, you know, when your tooth starts hurting really bad... You know, eventually you're going to go to the dentist because it hurts, or you're going to try and pull it yourself, one of the two. (laughs) It is painful. It is painful. (laughs) So tell us. So about this last year, I I started getting help. Yay, Mark. Yay. It, it is hard. Good for you. Um, I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go to Reading. I'm going to see Russ and Susan. I'm going to go here or go there. And it just so happened I go to a church and around the corner from my house just because it was close one Sunday morning. And I met a, uh, they stand up, meet the people around you, blah, blah, blah. Well, the people behind me, sitting behind me, were in the ministry team for inner healing. And I go, and I walked out that day. Well, good. I guess you got me set up here, didn't you? You know, and. I come back two or three weeks later to have a meeting with them, and they told me, you know, we usually, we usually don't sit in the front left corner. We always sit in the back in the rear. <laughs> and then I knew he really had me, you know, he had me. And so I began this process, and um, uh, one afternoon, I, I, you know, I was somewhere. I told you, some of you already know, that I decided just by grace, I was at a meeting, and there was another brother who offended me. Not really, I didn't even hardly know him, but I forgave him. And at that moment, I said, I'm not going to hold judgments. I'm just not going to go there. And then everything shifted. Everything shifted. I didn't know where I was or what I was looking at. All I know was what I was seeing was awe. And the more I looked, the more I was in awe. And the more I was in awe, the more I wanted to look. I was in a different realm. I was in the realm of the kingdom where judgments don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Really, really good. So I've been wrecked since that time. I'll be forever changed because I got a glimpse of something and it's changed me. It's changed the way I look at all of you. It's changing the way I look at myself. I'm still going through the process. 
You know, many of you wouldn't recognize that I deal with self-hatred and it's grown to be a great big monster in my life. And it's been awful to deal with and that's why I went to the dentist. That's why I went to the master. I needed help. It was bigger than me. You know, memories of pain and fear and judgments, much of which was a nebulous and manifesting in self-hate. And in that nebulous place, he was unable to, be, to address it, and now he's focusing in on exactly what they are. Exactly what they are. Oh, I'm afraid something ugly is going to come out of me. I'm afraid I won't be accepted. I'm afraid I might do something that's going to hurt somebody else. I'm afraid somebody's going to see something that I don't even like within myself. So he's now helping me to face the fears one on, one at a time, have a handle and get help with that. And I think the other thing that's really happened for me was that one day I was in prayer and I realized I have a measuring stick in my hand. And um, this measuring stick, I, um, I'll hold it up to you guys, you know. <laughs> but I hold it up to myself. And it's, it's like... It's a permanent part of me. And I'm realizing, well, what I'm measuring with is rotten. It's no good. What I'm measuring myself with is no good. What I measure with you with is no good. It's not right. It's, it's rotten to the core. And so what am I going to do with this thing? Ah! Oh, I get to put it under his feet. Lay my judgments under his feet. <laughs> so Mark, Mark can yeah, I ask can we shift right now because yeah, there's an anointing on you right now <laughs> and I'm going to encourage you you know just I'm going to have you pray mm. but if that's resonating with any of you out there mm. you're aware that at me I'm there you're holding a measuring stick and that's how you get through life you're always comparing and measuring yeah that's you just be aware of that stick and, and go pray it pray mm. it brother <laughs> Yeah, I welcome you to let go of it. I welcome you to to uh, go to him with it. How you've measured yourself, how you've measured others, how you've measured your families, how you fit into society, how you fit in the workplace, how you fit in your family, your family of origin, how you fit in, your way you measure yourself. More it's... <laughs> oh... I welcome you to lay it down before your master and your king. Ha, ha. Hmm. Hmm. And I bless you with entering the judgment-free zone. Ha. I bless you with entering into agreement with the king of how he sees you and how he sees others. Ha, 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 what am I looking at here? Whoa, what has he clothed you with? What has he put upon you? What anointing do you carry? What gift do you have within? What treasures are there? Ha, I bless you with seeing and coming into agreement with one another how the king sees you in, in him. Ha, hmm. wild, <laughs> crazy, huh? Full of life and joy, honor and liberty. Ha, ah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Father. <laughs> yes.
Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth, Joy, and Mark. Thank you so much. Yeah, did you feel that? These guys are all with you out there because we can relate. We can all relate at some level. Thanks so much for sharing your hearts, Sarah. Isn't that awesome? Don't you love to hear? Um, thank you. I so appreciate that. You guys being willing to be vulnerable and open up because that just helped a bunch of other people go, oh, I want to do that too. I want to let go of some things too. And I'm not the only one. Ha. That just helps so much, doesn't it? Whew. So now we're going to shift it over. Let's talk about how we speed up this process because there are some ways you can intentionally work through your process. And I'll tell you what you don't want to do. You don't want to keep doing the same things the same way like you've always done. <laughs> that's I know that's security blanket. That feels safe like like Mark was sharing. Just kind of keep doing it ourselves. And but like you heard Elizabeth share, she just intentionally went after it. She knew that her think her thought process was not lining up with God's heart. So she did everything she knew to help process that. And yeah, that's it doesn't happen immediately and we're we're, I know, we're, we're, you know, fast food people. We've been raised with fast food, and we think that's normal for things to just happen, like they do on TV, right? Fast, overnight. They fall in love, they get married, da, 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 da. Everything fast, 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 because our society is like that. As so not the kingdom. We are eternal beings. So this little part on life, really, this piece here is like this. I know it seems like forever if it takes more than about 30 seconds, but we are... God is not, God is patient. I, I am fascinated by the fact that the first definition of love in 1 Corinthians 13 is love is patient. How wonderful does it feel when somebody is patient with you, does not rush you or hurt you? It's, oh, that feels very loving, doesn't it? And he's, lo- he's patient with our process too. He's patient with where we are. So one of the fir- one of the most I think key things we can do to speed up the process. Here's another book I'll, re- I'll recommend: Rising Strong, <laughs> Brené Brown, one of my favorites. Um, if you want to help pro- with your process, that book will also help you. All you got to do is add a little Jesus here and there because it totally lines up with everything he says. And that is to own your story, own your side of the story which I heard both Mark and Elizabeth Joy talk about. Yeah, you can stay in the place of it's their fault if if I had a different mom, if I had a different dad, if I'd only been rich, if I'd gone to a better school. Yeah, you can do that. You can stay in the place of blaming everybody else. And yes, they for sure, they hurt you. And that is part of your story. But owning your story means you own your response to your pain. You admit your angry. That made me so angry. Yeah. That would be a good example of owning your story. Um, We accept that we have skewed perspective because of our pain. It feels like how I'm seeing things has to be 100% right and everybody else is wrong. It feels like that, doesn't it? I'm the only one that's ever felt that, right? 
I mean, that just feels like, oh, what's wrong with all those other people? But our hurts and our wounds completely skew how we see things. They do. They do. You're raised with an angry God, angry dad. Um, you're going to probably see an angry God there for a while until you really get your heart healed at a, at a deep level. It's just what we do. We have, we, we only see in part. His ways are so much higher than us. God sees it all very clearly, but no person does. Um, that's why we can come to him and get our healing. We want to acknowledge what the real hurt is, because off, so often what's on the surface is not the real hurt. Like, I will tell you, if you've got some anger issues, I guarantee beneath the anger is fear. Beneath almost every hurt is fear. A fear of rejection, fear of being judged, fear of being worthless. I mean, we just so many things we can be afraid of. But we start opening up and admitting it. I'm telling you, just admitting it, there's such a release. Such a freedom starts. You start journaling that out. I think there's some good data to suggest if you spent three days honestly journaling things out, it starts shifting things. Three days. We get discouraged after one day sometimes. But if you really dedicated yourself to do that, it can start shifting things um, because we start opening up and acknowledging and realizing, yeah, I could keep on blaming everybody else for my hurt, but I'll just stay in this little pity party place, and that's not much fun, making mud pies all the time. That's not much fun at all. We can get stuck in this same thing of not wanting to own our story. We can play the religious card, can't we? Because religion says we have to be right. We have to have the right answer, and it needs to fit into this beautiful formula of right and wrong. And I always know what's right and what's wrong. And I will apply that to my world. Grace, however, gives space for mystery for things you don't understand. Because there's a lot of things we don't understand about ourselves and about our environment. Grace says, I may not understand the motivations of that person. If I, I'm judging them, I assume I know the their motivations. But Grace says, I might not. I probably don't know the whole story. I love this thing Brené Brown says. She says, what's that story you're making up inside your head? I'm making a story up inside of my head to protect my heart, to self-protect my heart, to keep that person at a distance, or to prove that I'm doing okay. We do that. We make stuff up inside of our head. And if we were to go, um, I'm making a story up, uh, it kind of like we want to kind of get curious about why am I doing that? What's really going on? What's really motivating me here? And Jesus is so, he'll just come in and start explaining it to you. Actually, you were kind of scared. You were kind of feeling like that person wasn't taking your side like you wanted them to. He'll show you. He'll show you and he'll give you a higher truth, won't he? A better truth, a life-giving truth. Yeah, he will. He will. Secondly, um, and I, this was a profound thing that actually Brene had to say about forgiveness. In order to forgive, something must die. Well, for sure Jesus did that for us. Remember the story from the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe? 
when the witch came to Aslan and, and said, well, there's this deep magic and you need to answer to the deep magic because Edmund had sinned, essentially. Edmund had lied. Do you remember that? And the deep magic was somebody needs to die. And Aslan did made that sacrifice. So what has to die? Well, my, my need to be right might have to die in order for me to forgive. I had to step down from being, right, being the right one with Russ in order to start forgiving him. We might have to let go of getting justice in the way we think we should be getting justice. But I need to be have that person apologize to me. We might need to let go of judging the situation in the way we think it came down. We might need to. That's something. That thing in us has to die for forgiveness. There has to be this exchange must take place. The deep magic that brings resurrection glory in our lives. And the third, I think, the third thing that comes into our hearts as we do this process is the kindness of God. That scripture, which very much defines the ministry work we do in, um, in HeartSync, the kindness of God leads to repentance because his, you start feeling his kindness. It starts melting our heart. Because when you feel that kindness, you're like, dang, this is so pure. This is so holy. This is so good. I'm so accepted. That putrid, Self-hatred that I was holding on to, that had nothing. That has nothing compared with the goodness of God. When you start tasting his kindness, you don't want the old stuff anymore. You don't want it. You experience experiencing his goodness, his mercy, and his patience for yourself will soften your heart. His kindness starts becoming more tangible than your hurt, more real to you. Then your pain, the exchange just starts taking place. And you're like, I don't need that demand for justice anymore because God's goodness is so much bigger than that pain I suffered. That's the cross. That's the finished work of the cross. What he did on the cross is so much bigger than any injustice that's ever been done to any one of us. But God knows we need this by revelation, don't we? And he will be faithful to help you get it into your heart. Just like we heard Mark and Elizabeth Joy share with us. Jesus has done far more than just die for our sins. We talk about a lot about that in the New Testament, don't, don't we? We talk about how he died for his sins. But I love Isaiah 53. It talks about, yes, he did that, but there's more that we don't always recognize about what the finished work of the cross really means. In fact, he has borne our griefs, and he has carried our sorrows and our pains. Yet we assumed that he was stricken, struck down by God, degraded and humiliated. Our sorrows, our pains, our griefs, not just our sins, not just the things I've done wrong. Those things that have hurt my heart, he died for. They're there. They're on the cross already. 
Why are we carrying them for ourselves? Yeah, we just don't know how good he is, do we? The goodness of the cross, the completeness of it, it takes care of all. So I just want to sh- want to close with this little with one more little story. Um, I I work as a physician assistant in a family practice, so sometimes I get to spread the love of God there, which is really cool. So this one particular day, a mom came in with her eight year old daughter, and her concern was the daughter had been started to cry and get very upset when it got dark just a little bit of a concerning. And this had been going on for many, many years. And that particular week, she started having some physical manifestation as well. So this was a little bit concerning what could be going on in this child's life. Clearly something's going on. Um, So I talked to the doc and I said, listen, um, I'm really concerned there could be something really big going on. And she said, take care, take as much time as you want, sit down, talk with them. And I'm like, I'll take care of the rest of the patients. Cool. So I have carte blanche. So get my little spidey sense, my little my little heart sink antenna. How many how many are old enough? Remember the Martian? Remember? <laughs> I know some of you are way too young. Like what the heck? No, no. When I hear a story like that, I'm going, okay, Jesus, what are we going to do here? This is okay. So I I got them to start talking, and um, it all came out very clearly that Dad was their marriage was miserable. Dad was very angry, very broken, very immature. They were probably Indian. I think they're probably Hindu, um, sort of open-ended spirituality, which was which was fine. God is way bigger than anybody's spirituality. How many of you know? Oh yeah, love love just speaks speaks everybody's language. And we just started talking, and and the little girl really was able to open up some. She was pretty. Pretty stinking angry with dad, let me tell you. And um, and probably the night thing had to do with dad tended to work night shifts or in the evening. And so when one could imagine when mom gets home from work and they're crossing paths, I'm imagining there was a little bit of nuclear energy going on between them and daughters there feeling all this. So we talked and I got her to you know open up and share a little bit which is really good, and then kind of started, Jesus just started opening something up to help me see what was going on inside of her. And I just dropped down in front of her and looked at her and started saying to her, you know, it's not your fault. Your daddy's angry. And it's not your fault. He's never around it's not your fault mommy and daddy fight all the time it's not your fault daddy's not interested in you that is not your fault and pretty soon the tears just start coming the tears of release start coming she was carrying the weight of the world it was all her fault she thought everything going wrong between mom and dad must have been all her fault she was carrying this, I must be everybody's big disappointment. And I was able to talk to mom this week and found out that things have really shifted for her. So I pray that will continue going into her adulthood. Of course, there will be more for her to do, but isn't that... So if that's something 
that any of you that resonates for any of you if you realize you tend to carry a, and I'm going to bet it's probably the majority of the people in this room you tend to feel responsible for stuff you tend to feel like you got to fix this person and that person in this situation and that person and you don't know how to let go um, I'm going to encourage you to close your eyes right now because the Lord wants you to know it wasn't your fault that your dad got angry and yelled and was so scary all the time and it was not your fault that he couldn't take any interest in your life it was not your fault mom was so anxious so worried so scared and it was not your fault mom was so busy she never could stop and listen everything else seemed more important than you it was not your fault dad drank so much and was in so much pain it was not your fault there wasn't enough money it was not your fault no one could tell you they loved you they adored you it was not your fault it was not your fault it was not your fault you are exactly who your father in heaven wants you to be exactly precisely it is perfect that you are imperfect it is perfect that you are incomplete it's his job to complete you it's his job to make you perfect and i ask you lord jesus now to wash our hearts and wash our memories holy spirit come of all those mixed messages we got that seemed so real they seemed so believable they seemed like they had to be true just wash 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 with your truth god wash with your goodness wash with your kindness these ones these children they are enough they are yours they belong you are chosen you are wanted you are needed he delights in you because you hand maiden son of god you are who you're supposed to be you don't have to add a thing you're enough you're enough you're enough just breathe it in it's raining down on you breathe it in you're enough he loves you he adores you exactly the way you are right now in this moment
You don't have to add anything more. You don't need to add anything more. That's his job. He'll do that for you. He'll take care of that for you. He will. He will. This is the one we can trust with our heart. No one else can touch your heart like he does. You can't take care of your own heart like he does. He can. He will. He knows. Yeah. So, um, this, this is, uh, the conclusion of this, of this service, except that now we're coming into ministry time. So if you just need to linger with the Lord, um, that's great. If you would like further prayer, even for something that Susan just brought up, heart issues, come on up. And earlier, remember, we were praying for total um, restoration, all healing for your body. So if you just need prayer for physical healing, you can come on up as well. So be blessed and you can, you're free to go or to come up this way.